Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. I'm joined today by Swim Swam co-founder, Olympic gold medalist, Mel Stewart, and our special guest of the day, uh, Olympic medalist, world champion, former world record holder. I mean, he's got pretty much every accolade in the books that you can imagine. Milo Kavik. Milo, how are you doing, man? Thank you, and thank you for uh, for that introduction. I'm all washed up now, but, you know, <laughs> it, everything's good. You know, I, 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 I decided that, uh, you know, you're going to look for that. We're going to look for the good and everything in, in this whole situation. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I do believe that we've got everything that we need to get through this to be successful and, uh, you know, just to look for the positive and everything. So it's going, it's going. Yeah. I, uh, I know you're getting your coaching legs under you these days and, uh, we're going to get into that in a little bit, but I want to, I want to start today off with your formative years. We we've talked to a lot of SoCal, uh, natives recently, and I know you got your start, uh, in Irvine under coach Dave Salo when he was the head coach at Irvine Nova Aquatics, you know, tell us about your, your swimming roots and how you got started in the pool. Once upon a time, uh, for those that live in Orange County, believe it or not, there was a time when there were many orange groves. And, uh, and I, moved, I moved to Tustin, which is the first city next to Irvine. I moved to Tustin um, in the early 90s from Anaheim, where I was born. And, uh, and I just remember seeing just these, these, just these fields and fields of orange trees just everywhere. And uh, anyways, long story short... Um, you know, I, I started swimming like many people have, uh, you know, in Orange County, uh, in California in general, when you fly and you see a whole lot of pools, uh, the oceans there. And, you know, you want to be, you want to be water safe. So I got into that. And, uh, you know, back uh, when I was about nine years old, my best friend was swimming at Irvine Novas. And, uh, you know, and for us to spend more time with each other, I, I joined the swim team. And, uh, yeah, you know, this was about at about the time when Vlade Divac was, uh, you know, he was, he was playing for the, for the, for the Lakers. And, and I was kind of between playing basketball and playing, you know, playing swimming, swimming. And, uh, and, and it was just, it was just something that I, I, I was just way more passionate about, you know, um, later on, uh, you know, fast forward just 10 years, swimming has always kind of been that place that I would go to, to answer questions. Right. You know, I'd have conversations with myself and it was one place that I could always just kind of be creative and it was, it has always been my creative outlet. So yeah, you know, I was, I was very, very fortunate to, uh, to start swimming, um, you know, in Southern California and, and, and even more fortunate to, to find myself in Irvine Nova's. It, it could have been any team, but you know, I found myself there and, and, uh, and at the time, uh, you know, the, the prospect of swimming with, uh, with Dave Salo meant nothing to me. Um, you know, Aaron Pearsall was there. Uh, you know, there, there are quite a few big names that, that were at that club team that, you know, we, we never even really thought about. But, um, yeah, you know, um, growing up, um, growing up, people, people who, who grew up with me, they knew me as Michael. Um, you know, growing up as a kid in SoCal with, with a weird foreign name, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't all that easy. And, uh, and I do remember, you know, being bullied 
as a kid as a result of it and and as as a result of those, that bullying i kind of you know my parents my and myself would just kind of transitioned me to to the name michael which which i used for many years growing up but um yeah you know uh really really pretty quickly on um you know i was taller than most and uh and within like a year and a half of starting i broke like the southern california age group records in the 1500 freestyle so you know when when uh, when when you fifteen hundred doing some, 1500. what's that fifteen hundred yeah so I, just for one one second you were you were bullied you weren't you you weren't were you not did you not develop until later in high school or were you were you because you're a big guy you're an you're an intimidating guy to meet you in person it's like this is a big guy I can't it's hard to imagine well you know uh, bullying bullying comes in different forms. And, you know, and I don't, I would never make this the focal, focal point of, of any one of my stories, but you know, uh, there, there were always bigger and badder kids. Right. And, uh, and yeah, you know, uh, growing up, uh, I, I, I have to say like, if I could, if I could go back to my childhood, like I would be very unhappy to do it just because as you know, growing up, there's a million questions and not one good answer until you kind of go through the hoops and, and kind of follow the path of life. But, uh, you know, uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't always easy. You know, I, I had this huge gap between my teeth, you know, you didn't know whether to kick a field goal or smile back at me when, you know, when you saw me <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, it, it was, it was just uh, a part of growing up and, uh, and, and fortunately for me, swimming was kind of one place where I, I proved to be relatively dominant early on. And, uh, and, and, and it wasn't until about the age of 12 that I, I joined uh, Brian Pyre, who later on went to, you know, form his own team and, and coach at UCI. But, uh, yeah, you know, Pearsall was there and, uh, and Amanda Beard. Amanda Beard had quickly gone to Dave's, to Dave's Salo's group at the age of 12. Um, so, you know, there was always just a bunch of, you know, just ridiculous athletes at that team. And, and, and I had the right mentors or the right idols along the way to kind of and I, and I saw them every day, which is kind of the coolest thing. Were you the first in that crew to to go to the Olympics in 2000? No, no. So, so the year 2000, uh, for those that, that, you know, don't know much about Dave Salo, but Dave qualified, he qualified four or five Americans to that team uh, that year. Uh, I, I, it was, it was Stacy on a stitz, Aaron, Aaron Pearsall, Jason Lee, Zach, and, uh, I don't think I don't think he had any any claim to um, I don't think he had any claim to Amanda Beard. No, he didn't. She was already at Arizona. It, it could have been Scott Tucker. There was one other American swimmer, and, and and as a result of this, he earned his spot on on the team. Well, next to next to these American swimmers, there was another four or five foreign uh, athletes, and uh, there was there was one Turkish guy who was the athlete of the year, like when he was sixteen, Daria Bionkucu. He went to Michigan. Uh, you know, there, there was, uh, there was, uh, this guy named, uh, Nichols or Nick Shackle. He went to Auburn. I don't know if you know, Nick. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was Tucker there and there was, uh, there was two other athletes, but all in all, I mean, man, like growing up and seeing some of these guys at the, at the deck as, as a boy, you know, uh, and seeing them do what they were doing. Like it, it like I always had someone to, to take down. <laughs> but the, yeah, that's cool. But the, if I correct me if I'm wrong, Pierce, I was 17 at the time. You were 16. So yeah, yeah you were a 16 year old experiencing the Olympic games and the Olympic games is like a lot. It's yeah. uh, 
yeah what, what's what's it like when you're 16 years old and you're and you're and you go through that experience you know it's it's it, you know i i i've uh i kind of look back at when i when i had a swimming school uh you know and and introducing kids that graduated swimming school to their first swimming race you know they they were they're just terrified and they don't know why until they they do the race and then they kind of walk out and they're they're full of smiles they're just so happy it's like you know, like you don't even need to ask them if it was that scary. Like they, they just, they're, they're, they're elated. Um, that experience for me, I knew realistically I wasn't going to do anything noteworthy other than, you know, just kind of go in and, and get the experience. Um, sometimes, you know, I mean, it, it definitely helped me that I, I went through that fire early on. And, and I remember, you know, I remember at that time swimming in, in a heat with my hero which at the time was Mike Klim. And, uh, and, and that was, that was kind of cool. You know, like they, they, you know, I, I remember this little Aussie boy, you know, he, he asked me, he's like, he's like, what do you swim? And, uh, and, and I said, well, I'm here to swim the hunter fly and the hunter back. He's like, Klim's going to kick your ass. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and it was just a little boy, but yeah, you know, I, I think it's important to, to participate even when you're, not going to win. And especially early on, uh, I spoke about Nathan Adrian qualifying in 2008, like the year before that, no one thought he was going to win or, or, you know, make that team. So, you know, uh, until you do, it's kind of a snowball effect uh, toward your, your dreams. And, and the sooner you can kind of get over some of those fears and, and, and those big stage frights, the, the more, the, the sooner you're going to liberate yourself and just do what you do. So, you go to, you know, first Olympics, it's, it sounds like you kind of had a, a grounded perspective on that. Um, was there, do you have any notable stories about training with that group in Irvine or, or a favorite story, a practice you remember? Um, any, anything specific? Because it's not every day that as, as a club kid on your regular club team, you're training with, you know, 10 or 20 Olympic level swimmers. Yeah. I got, I got one story and it's kind of wrong, but you know what, uh, Mel, you're, you're going to appreciate this. You remember, you remember Ron Carnaugh? Of course I remember Dr. Ron Carnaugh. Dr. Ron Carnaugh. And this is a guy that always, uh, that always insisted on, on us calling him Dr. Ron, right? Doc. <laughs> he, he had to be doc. And, and I remember, I remember, uh, you know, doc Ron, he, you know, we would do dryland or do some running before we got in the water and he would, he had his literally like his climbing boots on. They weren't like Timberland kind of boots, but they were kind of like Timberland boots. And he would he would run in that that park right next to the Irvine facility in his speedo and those <laughs> boots on. Uh, I, I don't know why that that kind of stood out. You know, uh, <laughs> there there was another there was another interesting character, and he was on the on the U.S. Uh, World University team. Chris Babylon. I don't know if you remember Chris Babylon. Um, yeah, and, and he had this huge beard, and, and you know, as a kid, I was just looking at this guy like he's looking very Jesus-like. But you know, uh, he 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 would always carry his equipment in like a like a Safeway or like a Ralph's bag, and I don't know why I remember that. <laughs> but all in all, like one of some of the things that I that I look back with with just just so fondly on was. You know, uh, waiting to age up to, to 13, 14 so that I could be, you know, on, on the relay with, with Pearsall. Uh, there, there was another decent, uh, decent swimmer, uh, Ghani Shimura, and, and some of you may know uh, Quinn 
Um, you know, Quinn, he works at Finis right now. Quinn Fitzgerald, you know, uh, yeah, like just, just aging up and in, in being with these groups and, uh, and setting national age group records in these relays was pretty huge. I remember us when Breathe Right first came out, we were wearing Breathe Rights on our noses and just we colored in black and it was kind of our thing. But um, I look back and I, and, I, and I think to myself, man, like we set a lot of records. We did a lot of really, really cool things, but really it's just, it's not the time you went, it's the time you had. And, uh, and, and just being, being in a group with people that were like-minded and, and is focused, it was, it was special. It's important to be, it's important to be uh, surrounded by people that, that uh, want what you want. So, I mean, it sounds like you had a, a very positive club experience that ultimately led you to Cal Berkeley. Uh, what, what, you know, what, what made Cal stand out for you? Cal, uh, I think it's pretty clear, you know, why, why Cal and Stanford kind of, uh, you know, and, and of course, Texas, but to a lesser degree, why they, you know, they're so dominant in recruiting, you know, the, the, what you get when you go to Cal is this world-class education. Uh, it was, it was a team that, you know, by, by all measurements, it, they, we had, we had some of the biggest rock stars in swimming on that team um, when, when I joined it. Uh, I would I would even argue that we had more talent than Auburn did, but you know one thing that you know uh, later on that I just discovered that we didn't have was that I wouldn't say that we had the 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 team culture or the synergy which which I, I which I later on found uh, at different places uh, you know such as such as LSU earlier before that you know at Michigan when I revisited Mike Bottom um, you know in Michigan after he left Cal, but. Uh, you know, it, it's it's really just uh, you know the the California weather, the 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 the, the education and and the team, um, and just the the quality of the team. Um, for me, it was it was important to be with somebody who uh, who who would understand me. Um, I wasn't the easiest guy to deal with when I was a kid. I, I was in many ways I was arrogant. Um, you know, very very selfish. Um, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't somebody that would have fit in just anywhere. And I truly believe and in, in maintain, maintain to this day that I would have been kicked off of most collegiate teams just because I was, I was that punk. And, uh, and, and, and I'm not proud of that, but you know, it, it was, it was a part of my process and, uh, and, and a part of my upbringing and how my family who's not American brought me up. Um, and, uh, and, and there are good and bad sides to that. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, I almost went to SMU. You know, uh, I, I loved, I've, I've always loved Texas. Uh, you know, I, I loved my experience in, in Dallas. And one of the reasons why I, uh, I, I went on that trip there and almost wanted and almost accepted going there was because Lars Frolander was there just a couple of years earlier, you know. Uh, and, uh, and, and when I went there, I, I discovered that this guy was, you know, swimming, if, you know, effectively swimming an hour a day and then spending an hour and a half in, in the gym. So he was more power and less swimming, um, you know, different, 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 uh, different paths. And, uh, and I just didn't see myself as somebody that could follow necessarily in those footsteps. Um, but yeah, you know, all in all, uh, I, 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 I'm very, very proud and happy that, that I went to Cal. I'd do it again. You know, I would definitely do it again. Just, uh, you know, I, I would have, I would have wanted to be a better teammate. 
Yeah. But yeah, you also had you had bottom and uh, was uh, bottom is one of the most interesting outlier coaches. Uh, this guy thinks differently. Well, at one point I was talking to him and he's like, uh, you know, I used to do community theater and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, he goes, it's the exact same thing as swimming. And I'm like, uh, what are you talking about? He goes, once you start, you can't stop. And he says, it taught me a lot about swimming. And uh, <laughs> do, you, do you have any interesting bottom stories? Yes. Uh, I, I've, uh, I, I've got many interesting bottom stories. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, you know, Mike, Mike, I met Mike bottom long before I was recruited. I was, I was on some European tours at some meets and, um, you know, at the ends of uh, a lot of these European championship meets, they have these after parties and, you know, and, and I would go to these after parties and he would also go to these after parties, whether it was to recruit or not. I, I can't say, you know, <laughs> I, we don't even need to go back go into that, but we should, we, um, we should, we should, we should hold up and just say this. If you don't know Mike bottom to know Mike bottom is to love him, but also I think to epitomize him, we can probably agree on this. This guy comes from a place of non-judgment, no matter how yeah. weird or bad something is. He's like, it is what it is. He accepts it as experience. It's like, he's a very non-judgmental person. You know, I'll say like my experience at Berkeley was not bad. It's just when when you see how other teams had it back then uh, and even today, like it, it was just, it was quite a bit differently. And you know, look, like we we had we had some characters in the team, such as Anthony Urban back then. He would never come to practice. Like you know, like he he, he would never come to practice. And uh, and and there were days when he may show up to practice and and when he did show up to practice it was usually about you know practice started at 115 and he would roll in about 130 and and mike would spend about 45 minutes trying to convince him to put his big toe in the water and uh and and you know and and by the time he would do that warm up he would do the main set and and then that would be it and uh you know this isn't to to, to cast a shadow on on anthony you know like he did his best you know, with, with, uh, you know, with his challenges and, and his personality, like he just did his best. And, uh, you know, with, with Mike, he, uh, he was somebody who always just understood he can connect with anybody. And, uh, and I don't know what community theater means, but, you know, he loves, he loves to give stories and he loves to give speeches. And, and, and a lot of them are very, very relevant just because he's, he's kind of been through it. And, uh, and that's something that kind of spoke to me. Here's a guy that made the U S Olympic team that didn't get to go for political reasons. And, uh, and, and, you know, he says that he's made it his life's mission to, to put people on Olympic teams. Now, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a nice story. You know, um, did he, did he potentially live uh, vicariously through us? Maybe. Um, what, what I think and, and what I thought was really, really good. And what I think is the value of, of, uh, of swimming under somebody who's been there and done that is that it can walk you through the hoops of things that are ahead of you. Uh, and, and, and again, there, there are way too many great coaches out there that, that never kind of made it on, on a high level in swimming. I'm not even, I'm not even saying that I'm going to be that good of a coach. Like that's what I want to be. Right. But one, a couple of the things that, that he was able to speak to is he said, look, you want to be an Olympic champion? I said, yeah, I do. He's like, well, I can, I can, I can walk you through it. I can talk you through it. You know, uh, and, and, you know, and, and he's like, I can put you, I can surround you with people that have been there and done that and that, that could teach you things along the way. So, you know, it's, it's important to train with people that, that, that want what you want 
but I, there is a lot of value, which was the race club and, and working with people who had done things that you hadn't done. And, and, and again, a lot of these conversations would happen during lunch, you know, uh, you know, while we're just kind of kicking it in, in the locker room and just, just BSing about anything and everything and anything. And, 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 and a lot of things that just don't matter, but you, you, uh, you learn a lot from being around people that, that have done great things. And, and Mike bottom was able to put me around people of, um, of that caliber. Um, you know, later on, uh, you know, if, if we fast forward past, uh, you know, uh, 2008, you know, after, after the race club, I, I went to Europe for a couple of years and I came back to Mike and, um, you know, I, and Mike was in Michigan at this point. And, um, I remember, I remember, I remember getting in the water, uh, in the tub after workout one day and, you know, and, and everybody had already left. It was just kind of the pros and the pros already left. And I saw Mike on deck and I said, Mike, I got to ask you, man, you used to recruit the highest, the, 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 the best athletes in the world. You used to recruit the best athletes in the world. And now you got no one. You got, you, you got, you got Connor Yeager. And, 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 you know, all these other guys, you got like, and, and I was like, I'm beating them in their own way. I'm beating them in backstroke. And this wasn't just to, you know, to, you know, like I, I really was just whooping them. And, uh, and, 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 you know, he, he just kind of stopped and he, he looked left and he looked right. He's like, you know, you're right. I'm not recruiting the athletes, the kind of athletes that I recruited. But one thing that we do have is an effing culture. And there's, there's no way I would have recruited you to Michigan if you were the way that you were back then when you were 18. And, and he's like, you know, here at Michigan, we have a way of doing things, you know, and, and you know, you do it the Michigan way. And, um, and, and, that, and, and then he kind of finished. He said, watch, in the next one or two years, we're going to win the championship. And, and, I, and I was like, Mike, did you just not listen to what I said? You don't have anybody in this team. Like, and he's like, watch. Sure enough, a year later, he, uh, he won the championship. And I was already, I was in Serbia. And I called him. I was like, Mike, how did you do it? You know, how did you do it? He's, he's like, I, I got people to buy in, not to winning races, but to placing one spot better than they did the, the, the year before. And, 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 you know, like if you're in the B final, like fight, fight for eighth place. You know, if, uh, if uh, you know, if, 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 you're, if, if you're eighth place in the A final, like fight for seventh place. You know, you, he, what he essentially did was he was able to create a culture to where they were doing it for each other, not for themselves. Whereas at Cal, I can honestly tell you that it was mostly, there were, there were specific individuals and, and I'll say that I was one of them. I was in it for myself. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in this day that I never won an NCAA title on my, uh, you know, my own. Uh, the highest ever place was second. And, uh, and, and, I, and, and again, this was, this was a selfish havoc that, that I, I was. And, uh, you know, I wanted to win the title for myself and not for my team. And, you know, um, I, I would like to think that I've grown a whole lot since then. But that, that is that, that spectrum of how it was at Cal, whereas we had all these, you know, these athletes that were, were ready to go to the Olympics and, and everybody was kind of wanting to perform for their own egos and, and not for the guys that are on, those, on, on the benches cheering for them. Just because we did have quite a few guys that would never – make it past college and and they were doing it for the right reasons whereas we had a bunch of firepower and a bunch of superstars that 
you know, we're, we're just doing it to stoke their own egos. So I, I've, 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 having heard all of that, I have to bring up 2008, pre-2008, when I saw you on deck. This was with Swim Network. This was this little swimming news site that USA Swimming was doing, and I did it for fun, but I just wanted to be close to the pool, close to the action. And, you know, I've been around the block enough. I've, I've rubbed shoulders with so many stars. Sometimes people stop you in their tracks. It's just a look in their eye. It's a tone in their voice. And you did. You stopped me in my tracks. And when you talked about it before, it was in Omaha, the pre-meet. And uh, do you remember the conversation? I don't specifically remember the conversation, but you know, Mel, first of all, like any pool you go to, they're going to let you in. They better let you in. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. I'm, I'm getting into pools, but it's in terms of just engaging peers and people that are out there. You had an intensity about you and you weren't really on my radar in terms of what was coming up that summer. Um, and you let me know that I, that, you know, I'm on, I need to be on your radar. And I just remember watching, I was there, I watched in, in 2008, I was in the stands and I remember being riveted by your performance. And uh, it was, you know, let's be honest, it's like the most watched race in swim because that race was watched over and over and replayed uh, over and over again. So you're a part of history in a unique way that is, uh, you got a unique piece of history there, buddy. A billion plus people have seen it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, you know, uh, uh, I thought about like one of the things that kind of motivated me growing up was the thought of, you know, the thought of legacy. You know, what, what are people going to remember me for? Um, you know, and, uh, and, and, and really along the way, at least for me, you know, visualization uh, was a big part of my, my, my swimming experience. It was a big part of my life, whether I wanted to or wanted to or not every single night, like I saw the race, you know, uh, the race, like how I wanted it to play out and, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and, and sure, you know, um, you know, going to the Olympics, you are going in with the goal of, of being an Olympic champion um, for me, at least, I, I had already had two Olympic uh, games under my belt before I had arrived in 2008. I, I was ready. I was ready for at least the bronze medal in, in 2004. Um, my bodysuit opened up on me uh, at the 50 meter mark in 2004 in the semifinals, and uh, you know I, I was ready for that bronze medal. And, and again, you know, just the frustration of being first you know, at the 50 meter mark of that hunter race and then, uh, and then emerging at the 65 seventh, right. In the best part of my race, like this is where I should have extended my lead. And, and I went from first to, to seventh within those 15, 50, 15 meters. Um, you know, it, it, a lot of compounding disappointments, uh, you know, it kind of plays into motivation and, uh, and, and, you know, going into 2008, you know, uh, I knew that in 2000, I was just going to, to, to break that ice. In 2004, I was ready for, for the medal. And for, for me in 2008, it was like, all right, darn it. Like this, it's, it's got to happen now. Like, you know, like if, if not now, when? So, yeah, you know, um, I, I, think if, I think if you go in, um, I, I've, I'm, not, I'm not sure who said it, uh, you know, if, you know, 
it's something along the lines of like, you know, don't think if you think you can, you can, if you think you can't, you know, you can't. And, uh, and there is no, I'll try. There is no trying. You go for it. And, um, yeah, that's, that's exactly how I did. I, I knew that I had surrounded myself with all the right people. I uh, had the right mentor, I had the right teammates, you know, and if it was ever going to happen, it was going to happen then. Force of will Two, I mean, two of the greatest swims in, in swim history was the, the hundred fly final, you know, yeah. in, in my book, I'm a flyer. So, I mean, I, I, I'm, I love it and I'm a little bit biased. Coleman's a flyer too. So he's biased. I don't know. Out of curiosity, what's your second race? Well, I mean, what was that? What was that second top race? This, uh, oh, 2,900 fly. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Which was a great swim. Yeah. You know? It's a great swim. I mean, you won the, the 50 fly and then you came back in the 100 fly and it was, you know, it was a face off. But those were two of like the, those were two it's exciting races. You know what people, people, uh, they, they don't take into consideration is the level of just weight, the weight of the world. You know, um, when you're not on the radar, it's, uh, it's easy or easier. And, uh, and, and, and when the world is watching, you know, uh, you, you start thinking, you start thinking like, wow, like, you know, like you, the, your, your, your breathing gets heavier, you know, just a lot of things start playing out. And, uh, you know, one of the cool stories, um, before the 2008 final, I was, I was in the dining hall the night before the final. And you may recall that the finals were in the morning. And, uh, and I was eating alone in the dining hall and just, you know, eating and, and just uh, somebody tapped me on the shoulder and then I turned around and it was Hugenbond. And, and Peter, you know, he, he says, I know what you're thinking right now. And he, and he said, stop it. I'm like, what am I thinking? He said, uh, you know, he, he said, you're thinking, uh, you're thinking about, you're thinking about, uh, you know, just how, how scary it's going to be tomorrow. And, and he's like, just know that you know, just remember why you're here. And then I asked him, well, why am I here? He said, because it's fun. And that, that was probably the most important message that, that I had ever heard, uh, you know, from somebody and it came at the, at the exact right time. You know, he said, you know, all, you know, you started swimming because it was fun. You kept swimming because it was fun. You know, uh, you know, uh, you kept going because the, the, the pursuit of this, this journey is fun. And, and just know that there are a lot of people that want to be in your spot, right? Um, you know, I, I remember the next day, you know, there, there, there is, no matter who you are, there is a spear going into any, any huge final. Uh, there is doubt, you know, uh, and, and I remember, I remember Aaron Pearsall, you know, he, uh, he won the silver in the 100, I think it was the 100 back. And, you know, the, you, know you, you got to understand, like, this is my childhood friend. Like I, I spent six, 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 seven years with this guy training at Irvine and, uh, you know, I, I knew him, you know, and, uh, and, and, you know, and, and he won the hunter backstroke and I was going to the hunter fly and he, he had already gotten his medal and he was walking back to the team area. And, um, you know, I came up to him to congratulate him and I, and I reached for the medal and he slapped my hand. He's like, I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you touch this. And, 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 and I just kind of laughed, like, are you, are you kidding me? He's, he's like, no, man, you know, like letting you, letting you handle this is, is, is bonding with it. Go for the gold, you know, and, and, and this, it, it's, it's not a, it's, it, this story isn't talked about just because, 
you know, Phelps, Phelps is his teammate, you know, and, and, you know, USA swimming has, has a way of, uh, controlling, you know, uh, controlling culture and, and PR and, and, uh, and, and, you know, and, and, and again, what they, what, what, what these national teams forget is, is the human element to, to all this, you know, uh, Pearsall was my childhood friend. Uh, when, when I, when I ended up, uh, you know, taking the, taking the silver, uh, and the big controversy that erupted after that, you know, Mike Bottom was bombarded with, with, you know, hundreds of emails of people, you know, attacking him for, for, you know, coaching somebody that, that is, you know, that, that is going against the United States, you know, and, you know, and, and, and there was, there's a really, really popular story and I'm not sure if it's true, but, uh, you know, Frank Bush, uh, you know, there is a story that he was sent home uh, in 2004 when when his boys won the Olympic gold in the 400 freestyle relay. He cheered. He celebrated, and he was he was he was a U.S. Olympic coach. I don't, so, I don't, I don't know if it's true, but it's uh, definitely something we'll look into and try to find out. Well, yeah, but you know, and and whether you know they admit it or not, like it, there there used to be uh, there used to be a tension between. Uh, you know, uh, American coaches on the U.S. national team um, coaching or supporting uh, their own athletes, which you know, Mel. Um, you know, coaches, especially at that level, they're 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 not just coaches; they're they're life coaches, they're father figures, and you know, for Clinical me, therapist, uh, everything, what relationship therapists, like, you know, like whatever, <laughs> man, you know, and uh, and and you know, Mike Mike Bottom has never just been a coach to me. And anybody that's been in Michigan uh, and even at Cal earlier on, in that that Mike coach directly, like he he is he is he's your father, you know he's he's my second father, and uh, and and you know and and just for you know and just for him later on in 2009 when he was on that U.S. team, uh, I saw him and I hadn't seen him in a whole year, you know it was Rome, he was on deck and I hugged him. And, and when I hugged him, he said, he said, I, I, I can't be seen spending too much time with you. Your story. So he pulled out his, he pulled out his smartphone, which back then it was a, it was a Palm pilot. I think <laughs> since you know, I, I, iPhones were still, you know, I think they had just come out, but like, you know, he started like flipping through photos of his daughters cause you know, and his wife and just for me to see the family. And uh, you know, it's, it, it's just kind of sad. Uh, but it's true, you know. They they don't want uh, you know American coaches fraternizing or hanging out with or or supporting um, you know the a- athletes representing different uh, NOCs. So you know, man, there there's there's so much gray that that people just don't even know about. But what kind of bothered me was just you know the the human is just the humanity of it. Like you know, the Olympics was initially. Um, you know, a festival to celebrate how far human humankind has come, and all of a sudden they turn it into this uh, this national national Olympic committee war to see who is going to win, you know, more medals. And you know, and and I, and I get that there is a huge value to that, but uh, you it's know, supposed to be in, it's I, supposed to be in lieu of going to war. It's supposed to be about peace. Yeah, and yes, yeah, brotherhood and sisterhood. We're down to less than a minute, so we're going to bring you back. <laughs> Because you got you have way too much history, way too much experience, and we want to dive into all that. Just just as a curiosity, closing: had you ever had you ever touched an Olympic medal as you were going up through development before your own? 
I was lucky enough uh, to be in Irvine, and uh, and and when Pablo Morales had had started pushing the monofin, and, and Pablo Morales in 1994, when I was 10 years old, he had walked onto the pool deck and uh, and and was was racing us. He talked about. He told us the story. He was talking about the monofin, and uh, and and he was even racing us underwater. We were doing like 50s underwater long course meters. I mean, I, I couldn't make a 50 at that time but you know it, you know that was that that was one uh, of the great benefits that uh you know if, if you guys are listening out there uh and, and you got a little bit of money invite uh invite somebody who's been there and done that to your team uh at least through a zoom call nowadays um you know invite them and have them talk to your team and and, and you'll 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 be interested to you'll be you'll be interested to discover that a lot of their human experiences are very very different uh Throughout this COVID period, I, I brought in about nine Olympic athletes, and 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 with purpose, uh, every one of those athletes, they they had a trait that would relate to something or someone in the team, whether they're they're openly gay, or whether they were suicidal, or whether they were, you know, you bring them on to show you that you know, I'm human, you know, uh, I you know like if, you know other than my swimming part, I've got feelings, <laughs> you know, I've got. I've got emotions and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a human being. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.